Welcome everyone. So this would be um, a new experimental podcast for me. Um, I just call it Gamer's Monologue. Because I have a tendency to, you know, talk to myself. So the concept is basically just me rambling around. Topics for, my, I have a lot of plans for this season. And honestly, I'm planning season by season. At least around 10 episodes per season. Hopefully, I can dish out episodes twice a week, once a week. Now, the topics would cover mostly games, at least for this one, for this season. Now, ang plan ko for this one, for this season, is twofold. One is, dalawa yung aking class in episodes. One would be, Um, what I call the game meta-analysis. So, basically, um, I have played a bunch of games naman na since my childhood. And I'm gonna try to do a sort of analysis on them. Uh, what I want is to relate real-life experiences or real-life real from the game. Kasi para makita nyo how it's a reflection of them of, of how video games are a reflection of life at kaya ano may nakita sa video games it's not really far-fetched and happening but I also have a, this is gonna be divided into different segments so if we get to an episode like that um, I'll just introduce to you how each segment work and then for this episode uh, I have what you call a gamer's personality it's a series so basically it's an observation of mine so parang ano, kapag nag-isa kang player, sa kang gamer, what I want to do is give an insight of what I think the person is based on certain criteria or certain factors. Okay? So, for episode 1 of this season, ang title ko would be Mobile Roles and What It Says About You. Face it, um, I started this one thinking to me about this podcast um, during this quarantine period <laughs> nagkaroon na outbreak ng COVID-19 and I figured a lot of kids a lot of even adults might be playing mobile legends at this point yung iba namang nakaset up ang mga computers they might be actually grinding in Dota or League of Legends right now okay so ano no gusto ko lang pakilala sa mga hindi savvy lalo na sa mga casual um, mobile players ng MOBA, MOBA genre like um, Mobile Legends or Arena of Valor. Um, MOBA stands for Massive Online Battle Arena. And from what I noticed, actually, um, dalawang klase siya na subgenre. A MOBA is either a real-time strategy, RTS, or a shooter. Pag sabi mo RTS, you have a sort of map overview. No, you're top-down. Kumbaga, you're seeing from the top. Bird's eye view, kumbaga. Nakikita mo yung characters mo. This has been a term used mga way back, 1990s, when games like StarCraft, Battle Realms, Red Alert were a thing. Those were called real-time strategies. Why real-time strategy? Kasi it involves an element of strategy in real time. Ibig sabihin, 
you are formulating, nag-iisip ka on the go based on the situation, anong ginagawa mo. Thus, MOBA RTS. At least, that's what I figured uh, yung mga, uh, mga games na yan. So, that's the likes of Dota, LOL, MLAOV. Now, nagkaroon ng spin-off for some reason, tinatawag nilang MOBA Shooter. So, Shooter, I think most people should be, aware, especially gamers, should already be aware ano ang Shooter. Ito yung mga Call of Duty. Yan, so uso namin sa mobile phone, no? Call of Duty Mobile. Yan. Uh, you can also consider the likes of Fortnite and uh, PUBG as a sort of shooter. So, anong difference nun is that pag MOBA shooter, they're also signing sort of roles then to particular characters. Ang difference nga lang is first person or third person perspective. So, nangyayari is on the fly. You don't strategize from the top. You'll see everyone. Nangyayari is you have parang ikaw yung character mismo na ginagamit mo and you like see the battlefield as it unfolds through the eyes of your hero. Okay? So, ngayon, why did I decide for the first episode uh, MOBA and then its relationship to your personality what it says about you? Kasi, ano we, um, naniniwala ako na yung preference mo sa character or sa role na nilalaro mo is reflective of anong klaseng tao ka. How do you struggle or how do you handle life? ba? Diba? So, para madali nating maano, maayos no, yung thought process natin, I actually kind of divided yung MOBA classes into basic ones. Na from what I observe from playing Mobile Legends, AOV, I also played Overwatch and Paladins before. So, um, pwede ko siya i-classify into just 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Actually, 8 types of players with 6 of them ano talaga, the classes and then dalawang personality types na not derived from the classes itself. Okay? So, i- ano lang natin, no? yung 6 main classes, basically, it's at uh, it's usually what you call the tank. So the tanks, or some other games would call it the frontliners. The frontlines, rather. So usually, ito yung mga beefy matatasa HP, may shield for their skills, medyo mataas ang defense, minsan nga malalaki, pero some games deviate, maliliit naman yung tanks nila. Melee damage. So pag sinabing melee damage, um, Ito naman yung mga damage dealers na ang specialty is melee, close range combat. Doon sila, doon ang source ng damage nila to contribute to the team. Range damage naman are usually yung mga marksmen sa mga nagmagamit ng parlan, ng mga terms ng ML. So usually your archers, your gunners. Basically, no, I would classify you as a range damage basta physical in nature. Yung role niya. Kahit anong skills niya as long as physical in nature, range damage niya. Magical damage, obviously, mga mages. So, no need to explain that further. Assassin naman. So, basically, what differentiates the assassin from the melee damage is that ang assassin walang flexibility in terms of builds. Ang 
capability mo is really to have high burst damage. So, assassin type ang tingin ko sa isang character if ang damage dealing capability nila is sabi natin 50% stronger than your melee damage kasi melee damage is more on consistent damage eh. Ang isang assassin is burst. Kumbaga isang iglap tapos na ang laban pag umatake siya. Then you have yung support. So yung support naman uh, it's either the healing type na support or maybe the buffer type na support. Actually usually dalawa lang naman yan, buffer or healing type of support. But sometimes supports can extend depende sa playstyle of nung character na ginagamit natin or yung character na ginawa. So supports are not limited to buffing or healing. Minsan may ginagawa rin yan. Let's say sa mga medyo complicated na mga MOBAs or games, ang isang support can have, let's say, a debuff on the enemies. You can consider them support. Kasi ang ginagawa nila support is to debuff. What do you mean by debuff? Kung ang buff is palalakasin yung, ka- yung kakampi mo, debuff is pahihinain yung kalaban. Or minsan, kahit yung kakampi mo, kung troll ka. <laughs> so, yung last, uh, yun yung six types ng classes. Then, I also have personality types. Uh, yung tatawag kong hybrid role user and the adaptive role user. Okay? So, bibigyan natin ng pangalan na personality yung bawat role para mas maintindihan ninyo ano yung meron sa kanila. Why I think this is a personality that they can have. This can be true or not. I have no signs to back it up. So, disclaimer lang. Um, it's just me having an observation of these people or maybe an observation na possible na this is a reflection of your own personality. Bakit ito yung roles na pinipili mo? Okay. So, magsimula tayo sa tank, no? Tawag ko sa tank is the intelligent playmaker. So, bakit intelligent playmaker? Aminin na natin, uh, if you played MOBA long enough, especially the RTS side, usually ang mga tanks are gifted with crowd control capabilities meaning sila yung madalas na taga set ng kala ng uh, set ng place ng team what's more interesting is dahil sila ang pinakamataas ang HP at defenses sila lang din yung capable na sumugod sumugod sa mga kalaban and make sure na ang damage na pupunta sa kanila huwag sa mga kakampi nila Okay? So, you might say, ay hindi, baka naman sacrificial ang personality nila. Why do I think na intelligent sila? Kasi, ano eh, as a, ako nag-tank roll ako madalas. Because, one, tank rolls are not really popular most of the time. Aminin na natin, hindi popular ang tank rolls most of the time sa mga games. I just don't know ngayon, uh, back when I was playing pa, ang pinakamayro sa makahanap ng tank so usually tank ang preferred kong ring gamitin so it really helps out the team so why is it so hard to be a tank player kasi ano eh you call the shots when to engage or not lalo na sa team fights kasi ikaw ang magfo front so without proper coordination without proper knowledge of what's going on around you without proper 
proper preparation or even mental preparation, you will not be able to make the or at least call the right place. Kasi kunwari, ang sitwasyon mo is, it's a, uh, let's, um, punta tayo sa isang sitwasyon ng isang RTS. So, let's say Dota or LOL. Tangka. And then, nakita mo, lahat sila nag-five na kalaban mo is in the mid lane. Tapos, dalawa lang kayo. Ikaw yung tank at saka yung range mo. Yung um, marksman archer mo. If stupid ka at addict ka, una mong gagawin is to actually try and rely just on your tank, ay on your range damage para makuha yung kailangan yung DPS to actually try to overpower the five. But if you're an intelligent playmaker, you don't do that. You actually call the shots there na, nope, retreat. Guys, you have to do this and that. Kasi magkakaroon kayo ng maraming options open for you. You make the play. Either you assign one of you, one of you to push the tower or get all five together in that mid lane. Or maybe tatlo lang just to defend the, the place. Then let the other two push. Or just one pusher, then 4v5. Diba? So, nakita pa lang, doon pa lang ilang decisions na ang dapat mong gawin. And that's why it's called intelligent playmaker. Kasi ikaw palagi ang naka-front. You also always have to look around your surroundings and to make the best appropriate decision. Mas mahirap ito sa context ng isang solo player. Kahit anong game. Kasi walang coordination. So, ikaw mismo, aasa ka na lang na yung makasama mo, susundan ka. Diba? So, that's why I gave the title Intelligent Playmaker Personality kapag ikaw ay isang tank. You prefer a tank role kasi you have that capability to think on your feet. To think of all the situations ahead of you. Okay? So, hindi yung ano ka, hindi ka sunggab na sunggab. Pinag-iisipan mo as you go along and in time of stress. Kumbaga ano ka, magaling ka mag-function even in a stressful situation. Okay? So, next up, melee damage. Yan. So, sa mga, RT, sa mga RTS, marami to. Pero MOBA shooters, not so much. Bihira, ahat ako nakita ng ano. Siguro sa Overwatch si Genji, pero like, that's just an ultimate from him. So, ang tawag ko sa mga melee damage is the risk taker. Bakit? Normally, ang isang melee damage is consistent lang ang damage nila at most even with a skill combo physical attack combo basic attack combo at most consistent ang damage nila they don't have that kind of burst they have a burst but usually enough to whittle down your enemies ano, HP to at least what 50% less pero normally ano ka uh, the only way for you to secure kills is what one if stupid yung kalaban mo and two if you are at a low level enough yung HP nila for you to actually out-damage the HP. So, butter sticker, kasi ikaw, as a melee damage, kailangan mong lumapit para makabawas. So, technically, isa kang malaking sugal, kasi, para sigurado makabawas ka, lalapit ka. And, in usual situations, lalo na sa RTS na mga MOBA, like the ML, Dota, LOL, Uso ang tinatawag nilang ganking, ambush, 
Madali kang ma-ambush kung hindi ka aware sa surroundings mo. And usually, a melee fighters is not gifted with the same bulk as a tank. The tank can take that risk and escape with his life. Ikaw, the moment you engage, the moment you dive in, isa kang tao na magsusugal na to commit to that engagement. Wow! No? Parang relationship. Kasi ano eh, kumbaga, andun ka na sa sitwasyon na yon, and there's no way for you to escape sometimes. Kasi minsan hindi din gifted ang melee damage ng escape skills or escape mechanism. So, caretaker ang personality na tinag ko sa'yo as a melee damage as a melee damage. Kumbaga, you understand na the character you're using is a risky one. When you engage, alam mo dapat kung magsasaksid ka or hindi. Minsan nga, hindi mo na alam kung magsasaksid ka or hindi. And by experience, it's really hard to actually do this. Lalo na, if you're not really familiar with your hero, pero let's say familiar ka dun sa ginagamit mong character or hero, you always have this element na medyo sugal yung gagawin mo. Kasi the moment na lumapit ka, either you have no means to escape or you overcommitted. Diba? So parang sa, humbaga, focus mo na lang, focus mo lang is this, yung target mo. Wala ka ng choice. Focus ka na doon. Okay? So, kaya the risk taker. Pero, ang maganda doon, as a personality, you're not afraid to take risk. Kumbaga sa life, kung tingin mo may kakapanalo tong sugal na to, handa kang sumugal. Kasi hindi, maganda rin yung payoff. Not big, but it pays. Now, range damage, yung mga marksman, mga archers. Tawag ko sa kanila, the risky contributor. Wow, sugal ulit, no? Basta mga damage dealers na no? medyo sugal. So, bakit risky compute contributor? Um, ang alam ko, sa normal setup na isang RTS MOBA, ang range damage is madalas mahina ang damage capability early game to mid game ibig sabihin no items to at around 2 to 3 items and nagpipick sila once na complete set na sila sa isang MOBA shooter lahat sila shooters so pag dasa so technically lahat sila range damage madalas ang capability mo is limited to consistent damage and some capable capability to actually um, keep your opponents at bay with uh, through our uh, some AOE or area effect skills so like konwari si soldier 76 overwatch basic rifle but yung kanyang kit has an escape mechanism at the same time he can have a grenade available just to keep you off at bay so bakit isa kang risky contributor, especially in the context of an RTS. Kasi, ano ka, you are able to contribute at a safe distance. Kasi ano ka eh, um, kumbaga, you're able to secure objectives, skill of the minions, skill of yung mga malilit na enemies, or maybe snipe them from afar. Kasi, masa malayong distansya ka. But, 
at the same time, you're a risk kasi because of that distance, you're isolated. Diba? So, you have this kind of personality na you're isolated. You'd prefer to be isolated but still make a contribution. So, ganun ang tingin ko sa isang marksman or range damage user. Kasi, the moment na mag-gank ka, ma-ambush ka, and they target you because you're always isolated, you're always away from your team, you're always at the backside, which is very predictable pag isa kang marksman player. Kaya nauuso yung mga, ano, yung mga sugod na sugod na marksman. Anyway, so, nangyayari is that you're prone to being targeted by the assassin. And once they shut you off, mawawala yung isa sa mga biggest contributor ng damage nila. Diba? Kaya ka risky contributor. Kasi, pwede mong madala yung game or matulungan yung buong team to secure the objective or to finish the game by your damage alone. But, if you don't perform well, if you are a stupid ass guy na hindi mo mali-mali ginagawa mong movements or nabiging predictable ka na to the point na kinakain ka na ng mga assassins, then that means you're just a dead weight sa, sa team and they might as well go for a fight Or, ano, basically they might go handicap na lang din. Kasi, ano ka na, as good as dead weight ka na lang. Wala ka namang contribute sa team the moment that they shut you down. Ganon yung, ano mo, ganon ka. Kumbaga, you are either a dead weight or an extremely good contributor. Ganon yun. Pag isa kang range damage specialist. Ngayon, uh, yung magical damage. Kasi ako siyang tawagin tactical gambler. No? Kasi hindi lahat ng mage class or mage heroes ginawa ng pantay-pantay. Normally, they are designed, as far as I know, normally they are designed um, as a burst damage type. So basically, a simple combo chain of their skills is able to whittle down an enemy's HP fast. Just a simple combo, isang bagsakang patay na, without even the need of an item. However, sa experience ko, with limited experience rather with ML, napansin ko na hindi lahat naman ay made equal. Kasi, like, there's, there are mages na specialties, ano, zoning out, area of effect. May iba, singular damage. May iba naman, splash damage lang. May iba naman, ano, uh, single target, para silang assassin na single target lang lahat ng, ano, target lang lahat ng skills nila. So, it really depends. Pero, what I can say is, meron tayong tinat, meron akong observation na some mages peak uh, early to mid-game, some peak mid-game to late-game, while some are consistent. So, that is actually the reason why I call them the tactical glam gambler. Kasi, isa ka din malaking sugal like the melee damage and the range damage because your preferred role as a magical damage is also getting to a safe distance. You also face the same problem as a range damage dealer. But, ang difference niyong dalawa is you're not item dependent. Diba? You're not dependent on, on item builds. You're dependent on your skills. 
Tapos, as a tactical gambler, kumbaga, why? Ano yung pinaka-reason ba't ko tinawag tactical gambler pag ano, isa kang mage damage leader? Kasi, you know when your mages will actually start to peak ang capability mo to actually damage your enemies. Bigyan kita example, no? Uh, I play mages a lot and napansin ko before nung nagbe-play ako ng mage that may mga mages na early game kahit walang ka-item-item kaya mong ubusin yung buong kabilang team walang ka-effort-effort and then may mga time may mga mages naman na you need to build all three items para maging mas effective siya ba diba? so tactical gambler kasi ikaw alam mo kung kailan ka magpipik and you are taking that risk to arrive there. Basically, ganito yan. Pag pinili mo yung mage hero na ang peak capabilities early game, no items, ibig sabihin, you're taking that risk na makakaroon ka ng damage fallout by mid to late game kapag hindi mo tinapos to before your third or fourth item. Then, there's also, pag ikaw naman yung namili ng isang mid to late game na mage, ibig sabihin, you're having, you're taking that risk na uh, we're not gonna be able to end this early. But I'm banking on that sugal na aabot tayo ng mid game onwards para mas makakontribute ako. Kumbaga, alam mo kung kailang ka makakakontribute talaga sa team. But you're taking that risk na itry na makapunta sa sitwasyon na yun. You get me? Kumbaga kaya tactical gambler. Kasi, the moment you pick your mage hero, there's a certain degree of thinking involved na kailan ako pwedeng makakontribute sa team pag pinili ko ito. And then, alam ko dapat kailan lang ako pwedeng umeksena. Kasi if I took that risk and then deviated from what I'm supposed, or rather, I deviated kung kailan dapat ako umeksena or kailan dapat ako nag-contribute sa team in terms of kill count, I will not be able to actually be contributing as much as I can. You get me? Kumbaga, ano eh, tactical gambler, again, kasi there's a degree of risk in your end and picking kung ano yung capability na may shiro mo but you are thinking ahead in a sense na sinusugal mo kung kailang ka makakakontribute. Kumbaga, sa life, ano eh, the moment you, put, you are in a team, in an organization, magkakaroon ka na idea kung kailang ka dapat nakaka-exena. Kasi you know when is the right time for you to actually contribute. Hindi ka sunggab ng sunggab. But that also leads you to a greater risk na baka mamaya wala kang makontribute at all. Because you never entered or you never found your way to the peak of your capability. Kung kailang ka mas kailangan. Alright. So next up, assassin class ang tawag ko sa assassin class would be the decision maker wow, ba? Diba? 
I gave I gave them too much credit. But to be fair, there's a reason behind it. Ang um, assassins usually you don't you're not supposed to notice them at all. You're not even supposed to notice them in your team fights. Ang tabaho nila is actually basically to pick off the other teams carry pick off the other team's damage dealers. That's why they're gifted with burst damage. At ang number one rule, as an assassin, hindi ka pwedeng umaatake sa tanke. Tandaan mo yan. <laughs> so, bakit decision maker? No? Kasi, pag isa kang assassin, you make that conscious decision when, who, where to strike. It's a decision making process. Diba? Kumbaga, the moment you make a wrong decision in picking your target, that could make or break the team. Bakit? Sa, um, sa context ng RTS, you gain money or gold advantage kapag nakapatay na heroes. So, if the assassin makes the wrong decision to target a hero stronger than him or hindi hindi niya kayang patayin maverse lang within a skill combo magkakaroon ng gold lead advantage yung kabilang team that means more items for them sa isang MOBA shooter if hindi matake out ng assassin ninyo yung tamang target sa kabilang team that lessens your chances of winning Diba? And take notes, isang MOBA shooter, the assassins are quite mobile. Ang tabaho mo talaga is to hide and whirl around, walk around the map and look for targets fresh para sila, para humina yung capability mo kabilang team. Kasi a full, kumbaga kasi sa either MOBA or RTS, a full team is dangerous to take on. Unless may sambobo <laughs> sa mga team na yan. So, anyway. So, that's why I call you the decision maker. Kasi, ano ka, decisive ka dapat sa gagawin mo. And just like the melee damage, you have to make sure na when you die, you commit to it. Ang difference lang ng dalawa is that si melee damage, wala siyang kasiguraduhan na mapapatay niya. Kaya nga risk taker, kasi he just needs to do the consistent damage and try to, you know, whittle down the enemy as much as he can. Si assassin, hindi yun ang trabaho niya. Ang trabaho niya is to kill them off. Decision maker ka. Kumbaga, sa isang team fight, let's say nagawa nung apat na kasama mo, toy assassin na apat na kasama mo, ma-whittle down yung HP ng mga kalaban niyo, Tabaho mo sa assassin is to kill them off. Isa-isa. Kung ano matita ng HP nila. Hindi ka magde-decide na mag-back out. Mag-back off. Magde-decide kang ubusin na sila. That's why it's important for you to make good decisions. Kasi, if you make the wrong decisions sa assassin, yung maling target, maling uh, time, timing ng pagpatay, or maybe even maling skill combo, nag-decide kang experiment on the fly na ito yung na- gagawin ko, you'll make life hell more for your team. Kasi, imbes na maka-advantage kayo, na-disadvantage kayo. 
That's why it takes a lot of decision making if you're an assassin. Now, this will beg you the question, no? Sino dapat ang mag-lead yung tank or yung assassin in terms of coordination? If you ask me, ikaw, as an assassin, ang trabaho mo talaga is from the shadows. You don't, you're not even supposed to care about coordinating with the team. Ang trabaho mo is to actually observe the whole battle and pick off your targets. For me, ah, opinion ko lang to. Kumbaga, the best assassin for me is yung mga hindi, hindi nararamdaman ng kanilang team, pero mataas ang contribution rate. And the worst assassin is yung palaging sumasama sa team nila para makiteam fight. So, what am I saying? Ikaw kasi, you're a lone wolf when you're an assassin. Ang trabaho mo is to look at the whole map and see where the action goes and where you can isolate enemies. Kaya, ang mas lead dapat is the tank kasi he is carrying the whole team behind him para ma-ensure na they'll be able to survive and win that particular team fight. Diba? Ikaw, assassin, ang trabaho mo na doon sa team fight is to pick off mga tumatakas. B, C, diba? Kaya decision maker. Kasi, decision mo sa RTS, mag-pick off ka ba ng mga kalaban sa team fight? Or magiging busy ka mag-push ng lane? Diba? After mag-play ni tank ng isang team fight. Or, mas pipil- o, nandun sa kabilang side ng map, susundan mo ba sila? Or, mag-continue ko mag-jungle and then hintayin mo mag-gank ka ng isang tatakas? It takes a lot of deci- it takes a lot of guts to make decisions and the wrong decision may affect your team very very hard very negatively kabinigay ko yung decision maker na personality pag assassin next one would be support mm favorite uh, role ko ito actually ang role ko talaga sa MOBA Um, the passive contributor. In a nutshell, you don't care about kill counts. No, no. What you care about is you make sure na your objective is met by uplifting others. Uh, ba? Diba? Ano eh, bilang isang support, ang trabaho mo is siguraduhin na yung mga damage ninyo, yung Either the damage will have survive, the tank survives, heck, even save the assassin. Kasi ang trabaho mo talaga, support, hindi maging active sa pagpatayan. Hindi. Ang trabaho mo is maging active sa pagpapabuhay ng mga kasama mo. Uh, what, you're do- what you should be doing is, kunyari, healer type ka. You should know when to heal, how to heal who to heal or buffer ka alam mo kailan dapat ina-activate yung buffs mo alam mo dapat kung kailan din i-deactivate it takes a lot of mindset to also play the support but I think why I call them the passive contributor is that they don't get as much credit as they should have kasi wala sa'yo ang kill counts Diba? Minsan, di napapansin ng mga kakampi mo. Eh, for example, Overwatch. Nag-tank yung kakampi mo, Reinhardt. Ikaw, Mercy. Ano kayo? Um, tabaho mo lang heal and buff. 
hindi napapansin ang tank mo yun kasi he's busy uh, using his shield he's busy running around the map trying to protect yung back, back lane pero ikaw as mercy you're fending off for yourself to survive hinihil mo siya patalon-talon ka sa paligid para hindi ka tamaan ng makakalaban diba? the same way when RTS MOBA so um, sa ML I play a lot of Estes and Rafaela sa Rafaela medyo mage type na ginagawa ko ang sinasigurado ko is to make sure that mag- I do enough damage para mas dumali ang buhay ng mga damage dealers ko but at the same time I heal them up to par as long as available para ma-ensure na they can survive at least one more second and sometimes they don't understand yung gamit mong character all they know is heal please buff please kasi they don't understand the complexity of being a passive contributor diba inexpect lang nila this are kinakaw ka nila sa rose na to when in fact ikaw mismo you're doing so much for the team to keep them up kumbaga sa life kinakargo mo sila sa likuran na hindi nila napapansin and sometimes it feels so underappreciated you'll feel underappreciated pero pag nakita mo yung assist count mo makikita mo na you're always present in a clash kaya ka passive contributor it doesn't reflect on your kill counts it doesn't reflect on your hindi um, nagre-reflect yun sa actual figures but it reflects on the performance on the whole the whole team kung anong nagawa mo para sa kanila diba so that's the personality types for the six MOBA classes na diniscuss ko pero dagdagan natin no uh, yung type na dalawa pa hindi sila class per se let's call them the user types na lang ano yung personality nila now meron tatawag na hybrid role user so the hybrid role user is basically he can do what or maybe he uses one or two roles sabihin ilimit natin siya na less than three roles ang ginagamit niya pag siya ay hybrid role user he will exhibit at least all the personalities na binanggit ko pero one might be at a greater degree mas magiging obvious yung isa over the others for example isa akong tank support hybrid user but I think I exhibit more the support type why? because I prefer the back lines I feel so much pressure going into tank roles because it's always expected that I'll be in front they don't understand that if you're a tank, it's not your duty to always die in battle. Ang trabaho mo sa tank to make sure that the team survives. And I only take that I only take that risk or play if I know na they'll be able to pull it off. But sometimes, my guess is wrong. My play is wrong. Kaya minsan, I always backpedal to the support role. Kasi it's better for me take a passive lead, a passive contribution rather than make intelligent plays. Diba? And then, we have the last one, no? adaptive role user. I just call them the highly adaptable one. Why? Because you can play more than three roles. Actually, you play all. 
So, why do you call adaptive, no? Kasi basically, ano ka, kung isa ka adaptive role user, kahit ano'y bato sa'yo ng buhay, kaya mo. Um, basically, you're specialized in anything. You're a jack of all trades. Either a master of none, or maybe a master of all. But one thing is for sure, you can adjust. You, you are flexible enough to actually um, be able to take on any kind of role you want. You can be a decision maker. You can be a playmaker. You're fine with being a passive contributor. You're fine taking risk always. Or maybe you're fine thinking ahead of the game and risking it. Diba? So, ano ka? Uh, hindi ka basta-basta magpapatalo. Kasi, alam mo yung pinag-aralan mo, alam mo lahat ng rules na pwede mong gawin. And you, as a player, as a person, you're adaptable and flexible enough enough na you can just take life on and just say screw it bahala bahala na kumbaga bahala si Batman and I think sa MOBA especially sa MOBA no, nagkakaroon tendency for a person to build a highly flexible personality kasi ang tendency sa MOBA is that um, the roles are usually the rules are usually the rules usually picked are the more popular ones so madalas yan to ah yan kita ng example sa mobile legends madalas experience ko is lahat ng damage types meron na except tank and support o oh, diba so ikaw kailangan mo mag adjust kung isa kang assassin specialist minsan naman lahat ang alam lang is tank assassin support pero walang marunong mag DPS eh ang specialty mo is tank wala kang choice kundi mag melee damage another example yung role na ginagamit mo is actually built for tank but you adjusted your build to do damage kasi kulang ng damage yung inyong team but you have too many bulky characters to begin with kung baga naging dual tank setup kayo e kulang yung damage yun sa dual tank setup you adjusted so that's what being an adaptive role user means you're able to see situations as it is and adjust accordingly hindi mo pin, kumbaga hindi mo pinapairal yung tigas ng ulo or pride mo. Ikaw, gumagalaw ka kung ano ang nararapat. ba? Diba? Okay. So, I think that concludes yung for our episode 1, yung mobile rules and what it says about you. So, sa diniscuss ko, no, ano tingin mo ano tingin ninyo, rather, sa mga sinabi ko, would you agree na yung role mo is a reflection of your personality or even capability? Or maybe, ay hindi. Hindi, ano yan. Parang hindi ako yan. I just prefer this role. But, to me, ah, uh, no matter what role you choose, ano yan eh, extension yan ng sarili mo or no, whichever character you use, extension niya ng sarili mo. 
Auto mapapansin niyo yan. Kahit mahina yung character niyo, you'll find a way to make them work. Kasi na, in a sense, extension yun ang sarili mo, regardless of the role. And it reflects a lot on you. Kung ano yung personality mo. Okay? So, sa lahat ng ito, ako, I want to strive to be an adaptive role user. Why? Kasi anything that life throws at me, I know I can handle it because I know when I have to do stuff to get shit things done. Diba? So, kayo, ano tingin ninyo dun? Ano tingin ninyo? Are you a tank? The intelligent plane maker? Agree ka ba na isa kang risk taker if you're using melee damage? Or baka naman, mahilig ka sa range damage ng marksman, kaya isa ka lamang risky contributor? Or maybe, you're kinda intelligent, you're kinda intelligent gambler, being the tactical gambler for preferring mage classes. Or maybe you really have good decision-making skills. As, a, as, as an assassin, the decision maker. Or baka naman, mas prefer mo being at the back lines, at the back, as a support, being the passive contributor. Or maybe, you're cap- more capable than you thought and you're actually a hybrid role user. O baka naman, sobrang capable ka. Sobrang adjust, magaling kang mag-adjust. That's why you are an adaptable, adaptive, rather, adaptive role user. So, take this with a pinch of salt yung mga sinasabi ko not necessarily true itong mga ito it can be true it can be false like I said pero it's a good way to reflect on what you're doing kasi like I said the games the characters you're choosing the roles you're using is an extension of who you are your preference in characters, your reference in roles, your preference in skills and item builds. That's really a reflection of who you are. Minsan hindi lang yung best items or best build. Yung ginagamit mo mismo is a reflection. So, with that, I'd like to end the first episode for our season 1 of Gamer's Monologue. So, tune in next time. Um, we're gonna have episode 2. So, it's a game meta-analysis, okay? So, we're gonna be discussing Suikoden 2 from the PS1, an art classic RPG. Sobrang fan ako nito, and I hope we can pick up some life lessons when I discuss this particular game. Alright? So, with that, uh, hindi pa po, wala pa po akong mga official uh, social media for this, for updates, but for now, um, I'll be working on that step by step. Hopefully by the fifth episode, meron na po tayong, uh, I already have uh, my own social media account for this. Okay? So, thank you very much for listening Gamers Monologue. We'll see you next time. Alright? Thank you so much.